Welcome to the Thunderdome. Well, okay, not not quite the Thunderdome, but this is a special episode of the Foolish Adventure Show. This episode is part three of the summer marketing mashup that was done with Pat Flynn from Smart Passive Income, Dan and Ian from the Lifestyle Business Podcast, and the guys who brought it all together, Jeremy and Jason from Internet Business Mastery. So just jump right into this episode about product creation. Welcome to the Foolish Adventure Show, where guru hype is banned, lifetime value of a customer is king, and the internet business has replaced the J-O-B as the path to financial success and personal freedom. Now, here's straight talk about making a living online with your host, Tim Conley. All right, everybody, we are live. So, as you can see, we're trying to figure out some stuff on the back end. We're starting Summer Marketing Mashup number three. And you got me, Tim Connolly, on the line of the Foolish Adventure Show. We've got Pat Flynn of the Smart Passive Income. What's up, Pat? What's up, everybody? And we've got Jeremy Franzen and Jason Van Orden from the Internet Business Mastery. What's up, guys? Hey, what's going on? Hey there, Tim. Hey, everyone. All right. Conspicuously missing tonight's Lifestyle Business Podcast guys, Dan and Ian. They are in the middle of a typhoon down in uh, the Philippines, and so they're not going to be able to make this call at all. So we're uh, going to have to just go uh, go on without them. Uh, we're You're all welcome to um, crack jokes at their expense since they're not here. <laughs> and we're going we're gonna to kick this thing off. What we're going to be talking about today is we're going to cover product creation. And so we're going to first give our best tips that we have for product creation. And then what we're going to do is open up the lines for you to be able to ask questions about products. All right. So let's, uh, let's get this thing going. Let's start off with Pat Flynn. What's your best tip for creating products? Oh, for creating products. Now, it's so funny that we're talking about products and, and, you know, with my brand at Smart Passive Income, I actually don't have my own product yet. I'm actually working <laughs> on my first uh, Kindle book right now, which is which is a very, which is, which is a product. But I want to go back to way back when I first started and I had my blog at greenexamacademy.com. This is where I started talking about the lead exam and I, I posted all my notes up there and I had all this traffic. I didn't even know it. And then, you know, at the, t- at the time I, w- I got laid off and I joined a couple of, ma- actually I joined a mastermind group from, uh, you know, a smaller group in the Internet Business Mastery Academy. And I was very fortunate that Jeremy had moved, to, had just moved to San Diego and, uh, you know, we, he was like, Hey, if anyone's in San Diego, we'll get together. And so I went, I think we where were we like a uh, Panera bread or something like that. Something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We all got together and then I, I shared kind of where I was. I was the total beginner. I didn't know what I was doing there. Everyone was so much better than me. Uh, and then Jeremy was like, dude, you have all this traffic coming to your site. You are in a completely like untapped niche. You need to create your own product. And I said, okay, like what? And he's like an ebook a study guide, something that to give to your audience um, where they can get whatever information they need to pass that exam. And I, I was like, what's an ebook? I mean, I was that much of a beginner at that point. And, um, you know, so I, I started thinking about, it. okay, that's a great idea, but what am I going to write about? What am I going to put in that ebook? Because everything I had on that site already was everything everybody needs to know to pass an exam. You know, that, that's why it got so popular. But how was I going to sell a book with that? You know, was I just going to put the exact same material in it? I, I, didn't think that was a good idea, but you know, 
rest assured, Jeremy and the rest of the group was like, no, do it. People will pay for convenience. People aren't going to always go online and go through every single page. If you package it in a nice ebook and it's 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 streamlined the information is there and it's in a specific order and there's maybe a few bonus materials in there they can't get on the blog you'll be good so okay i did that i spent about a month and a half writing that ebook basically just formatting it since all that content was already written and i i i I, you know launched it and in the first month I had made $8,000 with it and it was uh, was just ridiculous. I mean, thank you guys again, uh, Jeremy, uh, for for that suggestion and really kicking my butt there to to get off and do something. And and the the point of the story is, you know, people still paid for it, even though that information was the exact same information on my blog, because that's the information they wanted. It was just packaged nicely. So people will pay for convenience. So when you, when you're trying to decide about what product to create, you don't have to create something a hundred percent totally new you can use the information on your site already and see what resonates with people or see what kind of inf- information they want and package it into something much nicer whether that's an ebook or an uh, or a online course or whatever um and it's just it's just amazing you know i've sold twelve thousand of these books now and I, i've never had one person compl- i had not one i have not had one person complain that it's the same material that they could have gotten on the site so uh that, that that's that's what you know Seth Godin does he he takes his uh you know he he writes all these short blog posts or whatever ones kind of resonate the most he's he writes a whole book about and that's sort of what I'm doing now with my Kindle book I'm taking something that resonated with my audience the idea of being everywhere which we talked about in a previous uh, summer marketing mashup a couple of weeks ago and that's what my book's about because I know that that's what my audience uh you know resonated with so don't be afraid to to just you know Take something that you already know works and repackage it and make it better and sell it. Hey, hey, Pat, uh, I got two questions for you. But on the first one being, did you need to write any additional content to like transition from topic to topic? Or did you just have them as uh, just topics in a particular order? No, this was straight up topics in a particular order. My notes on this site were basically summaries of each chapter. So then when I translated it into an ebook, it was just that chapter with the same exact oh, summary and bullet points. Oh, that's excellent. Okay, as a second question. What other content have you created that you've repurposed into another product? Well, that, like I said, that's kind of what I'm doing right now with, with my Kindle book. I've also taken a blog post series. It was a series of 10 posts talking about how to write an ebook. I actually basically just in 10 posts over the course of a couple weeks uh, wrote about my, the process of creating that ebook that I did that I just told you guys about and that ebook I repurposed that information and turned it into a free book that I give away now on uh, to my email list ebooks the smart way and that has been downloaded 35,000 times and uh, yeah. you know I could I could very well sell that but that that's my kind of lead magnet that's my giveaway and, and I got you know it's the same exact idea and uh, I know Darren Rouse from problogger.net for example he took his 30 day post uh, which is or 31 days 31 days to build a better blog that was a series of blog posts but now it's a book he turned it into a book and it sells really well I mean I'm, I'm an affiliate for that book and, and I know it sells I, I brought that up as kind of like a leading question because I, I wanted people to know that you can repurpose content not just for a paid product. Right. Yeah. So, so you're hitting I, I knew you had smart that. way already. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. All right. So we're on the same page. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was kind of I was I was doing it as a leading question. All right. Uh, so so let's jump on over to Jason. Jason, what's your product tip? 
Okay, so I have something prepared, but I'm I'm kind of uh, jazzing a little bit about what Pat just said because it made me think of uh, recently I was reading Jonathan's Field, Jonathan Field's book about uncertainty, and he referenced the lean startup, and you know, one of the ways one of the advantages of the lean startup being you know that idea of bootstrapping, starting with your own funds, not getting funding, um, and and the advantages of that. And, and I think that this is one of the big reasons why all of us are so such big fans of this kind of business model online of go online, start creating great content, build a blog as like your hub is the idea that it, you start getting immediate feedback and it gives you a forum in which to beat that uncertainty and fear. I mean, how, how crazy or I, I mean, I, I probably when I got into business would have been afraid out of my mind if I thought, you know, I just came to the market with some business idea that may or may not have you know, been ready to sell and had to go out there and maybe get you know, prototypes and put a bunch of money into inventory and get several months down the road before I actually got something into the market and found out if it was a viable idea or not. So it's just so cool that this idea that Pat shared, he would like, he was already confident it was going to work. Like people were already, I mean, I guess maybe the only worry he had is, are people going to pay for something that's otherwise available for free, which we've just answered that question. We've seen it happen over and over again that way. But you know, a lot of people getting into business worried about what's my product going to be. The cool thing about the style of business that we teach is your, your market ends up telling you what your product should be through the interactions that you have with them. And, you know, even if you just involve them in the process, the whole way of putting it together, every step of the way, you can beat that fear and uncertainty. And that's just one of the amazing things about this whole uh, business model. So that, that uh, said, here, here's, my, uh, here's my tip that I prepared. I want to talk about some lightning fast ways to put together your own recurring income. Any business, I think, should take a look at how can I build some kind of recurring income stream. That's to say customers paying me weekly or monthly for a given service or product. And, you know, examples of this would be like coaching calls that uh, people are paying to be a part of or a membership site would be, you know, a way that people could be paying you recurring. Or maybe it's an email consulting, uh, email consulting retainer type thing. You know, that's one of the high level things we offer to some of our students is they pay to be able to shoot us an email and get an answer back. I actually really enjoy that kind of interaction. And because uh, those are the people that are serious, self-identifying, and I love helping them and seeing the results and then having them turn into success stories. So what are some lightning fast ways that you can put any of those into action? Well, all you need is a PayPal button for one, obviously, just to take an order to take the money. And then in order to deliver the service, you can do it for free. So let's take the example of a coaching call series. I mean, all you need is a handful of people willing to pay you on a monthly basis in order to, you know, on Monday evenings or whatever evening you pick, you know, 5 p.m. Central, we, we do this, or I'm sorry, 5 p.m. Pacific, we often do this. So it's, like, you know, 5, 6, 7, 8 across the, the United States, um, the different time zones that we're hitting there um, at that time. And then even people in Australia, it's morning and they're able to participate as well. And, you know, people will pay for that privilege to just get on for an hour and be able to ask you any kind of question that they might have. And here's the thing is you might be wondering, well, what if I don't have the answer? A lot of times people are just looking for some affirmation that they're on the right track. It's like, yeah, good idea. And, uh, you know, you're, you're taking the right steps and giving them that secondary or that outside kind of encouragement that they're headed in the right direction. People will pay for that. So a coaching call, and you can go to something like freeconferencecall.com. There's all kinds of free conference teleconferencing lines out there, and they'll even record the audio for you. And then you can shoot that MP3 out to everybody. So with a free conference line and a PayPal button, 
and a little bit of copy, you know, sending out two or three emails over a week about this to your audience, to your following, you could get people paying you this week for that kind of a uh, product or service. And, uh, you know, so when should you do that? I'd say, well, as soon as it feels like it's worth your time, you know, even if you've got a hundred people following you on Twitter and you feel like you can get five to 10 of those maybe to, to convert it. I mean, it all depends on how well you're engaged with those people. But, uh, you know, if somebody's especially just starting out and to get some money flowing in, I mean, everything changes when you get a bit of money flowing in. Once you've kind of gotten to that first sale and it proves to you, it's like, okay, I'm on the right path. I'm doing the right kinds of things. People are engaged. People are ready. I'm able to provide a service. So, you know, free conference call, PayPal, and whatever you think it's worth, whether it's, uh, you know, 100 bucks a month, 50 bucks a month, it depends on the niche, obviously, as to what people might be willing to pay. But I think that's a great way to get going. If you want to juice it up even more than that, how about a membership site? I love, uh, unfortunately, Dan and Ian are not on the call because they do a fantastic job of this with Ning.com, N-I-N-G.com. They've got kind of a premium mastermind membership uh, community. We're members of that as well. And I, you know, I believe they charge $97 for three months of access to just all kinds of people who are traveling the world, doing business, sharing resources, asking questions of each other. And so a lot of the value is provided by the community they've put together. It's not even like they're in there all the time having to put a lot of, uh, you know, in there putting a lot of, I mean, they do put effort and time and, and, you know, I know, uh, Alyssa who works with them just you know, puts, to, puts together, you know, newsletters and stuff for people and, you know, helps with that. So, you know, it's the connections that they're creating there, but it's not like they're having to create tons of tutorial videos. I mean, every once in a while they might have a webinar or something, but they're just connecting people and Ning.com. Well, it's com, a community driven. Yeah. It's very community it's driven. It's community driven versus content driven. Absolutely. So, you know, that's something that if you've got, again, you know, and there you're going to need a little bit more of a critical mass. I mean, when it first started out, it was, I don't know, I wasn't a, you know, a member at the time, so I don't know if it was like a dozen people or what, but I'm sure obviously it was much smaller. Now it's to the point where it's a couple hundred people in there. And uh, let's, you know, so it was, it was, you know, something that they started once I, they figured they could get enough people in there for it to be worthwhile for people to be members of it. Um, or you can even go as a membership site route if you don't want to have to have all the community driven kind of stuff because you don't think you can get a critical mass. Well, maybe you can get 10 people in there and you're providing, uh, you know, a few video tutorials a month and a couple audios and, and some things like that because it's easy to through blog posts and different stuff too. And, you know, it's not like you have to install WordPress or any of these fancy membership plugins or worry about any of those logistics. You can go in there and I think it's, I don't know, five, 10 bucks a month, something like that, that you put together a membership site. Uh, or, you know, a private Ning community. It's like your own private little Facebook and turn that into, and so again, PayPal button and a very cheap service with Ning.com and you could have a membership site started this week. So that would be another formula that I would throw out there as well. So let's see, that's two formulas. Free teleconference call, the membership site. I think that probably gives people something to think about right there. Recurring income using free or inexpensive tools. And just, I would would say, you know, it's a great way to get to that sale early on to prove to yourself that you're headed in the right direction. You're engaging people and then you've got a viable niche and a viable service that you're offering. Very cool. Very cool. Hey, I'm going to jump in here with a little commercial. So everyone who's attending live right now and those who are listening to the recording, please give us some love on Twitter and Facebook. Go to this URL, goibm.us 
forward slash SMM. Just go out there, give us a tweet, give us uh, uh, some Facebook share, and let people know uh, what's going on down here. All right. So let's jump on over to Mr. Franzen. So what's your product tip? Okay. Well, uh, mine partially has to do with maybe motivation. So I know there are times when people feel that it's really hard to think of tackling a whole product and and getting the time and wanting to take that effort to create the product. And one of the ways I found to be incredibly excited about creating a product is get paid first. So that's uh, yeah. that's one of my first things. So what that means is, for instance, when the very first product that Jason and I came out with was a coaching course. And basically what we did is we took a little time together and kind of outlined what we wanted to do in this course. And it ended up being uh, eight modules. And so we thought, well, we'll do it as an eight week thing and an eight week coaching course. And, uh, you know, we spent we obviously all the content was easy to come up with because that's what we did for a living. But, you know, we just took just enough time to get that outline. And then we went to our audience and said, Hey, here's this coaching course. It's $2,000 and, uh, basically got them to pay. And then a week later we put out module one, module two, module three, and we basically created them the week before after we were already paid. And uh, talk about getting motivated. Um, I think that that was the very first thing we ever did. I think we made somewhere around 60 grand the first day. And at the time we were like, wow, 60 grand in one day. This is crazy. And I'll tell you, your motivation change changes when you get that first big paycheck. Uh, we wanted to do everything we could to just explode the um you know, value they got for the money that they paid. And we were just so excited to create the content at that point because we're paid, they're waiting. They're like, please help, you know, and, um, you know, our excitement for helping them as well as the excitement for making the money ahead of time was amazing. And it, it very much helped us do that coaching course. And that's a lot of the times what we do now when we do, you know, coaching courses or different products will, will, come out and say, here's what we're going to do. And then they, they pay and then go right in. And usually now we have one module ready for them. So the moment they buy, there's one, you know, week's worth of stuff in there ready. So we only have to create that one week ahead of time if we want. And then, you know, right after they pay that next week, we can create the content for the week after. And again, that just uh, is a really high level of keeping that motivation going. Fantastic. You know, not to mention you'd be in a uh, big trouble if you didn't create something. So Yeah, it's probably good to actually create it after you say you're <laughs> <Right>. going to. <laughs> never yeah, thought yeah, of not de- doing definitely, it. <laughs> yeah, definitely not good for your uh, legal troubles if you uh, if you skip making it. Uh, I, I've done I've done very similar things with this uh, making uh, products ahead of time. It, I've done it with a lot of clients, done it from uh, my own stuff. And, and I think what we've got here from, from Pat uh, to Jason to Jeremy to me is that we have this idea of rapid product creation. We've got this, uh, this theme kind of running through this about making a product quickly, getting it out there, making money as fast as you possibly can to prove your market. And that's what I was going to kind of cover is a way of creating a product rapidly. And things that I've done in the past and continue to do, one is interviews. 
you go out, you interview the top people in your market, you get them on an hour interview, and you put that together in a cohesive uh, topic. You, you figure out what the topic's going to be, you record uh, them on... Uh, you could do go to go to webinar like we're doing right here. You could get onto Skype uh, like Mixergy does. Uh, if you go and see uh, Andrew Warner's site on uh, Mixergy, he does an interview style, puts the two faces right up there in in a video and in audio format, and he even does transcripts. And that's just his free stuff. So you could do something very similar to that. You could create this product rapidly just by having a set of questions that you knew you were going to ask the people that you were interviewing. And then package that all together, and now you actually have a course. And then the uh, the other side of rapid product creation is, uh, like Jeremy was just saying, about creating a coaching program that's going to go over a several-week period. This, is, this one's one of my favorites because you can create that first week ahead of time, and it could be something that's just audio. Uh, you don't have to get super fancy, uh, but I one thing I do like is uh, screencasts, taking a keynote and... Uh, and ScreenFlow on a Mac and Camtasia and uh, PowerPoint on a PC and you can put up slides and record it and just talk into a microphone and you have a product. That's that's what I love about that. So let's uh, uh, so uh, anybody else have any additional tips before we open this up for questions? Because we're moving along uh, really fast uh, without Dan and Ian on here. Well, yeah, taking up all the time. I can I can give another one that was very useful for me, and that was basically finding the medium that uh, you might really gel with yourself. So, for instance. Um, you know, rather than having to type out an ebook, I'm less of a let's type this out person, but I can turn on the microphone and talk for 20 minutes, have it transcribed for really cheap and then go back and edit and put it together, you know, in a, in a way that uh, will be more useful for people. And I, I then have the audio and uh, an ebook right there from just me talking for 20 minutes. Then it doesn't take me three weeks to type it out. You know, which which is kind of one of the things that gets in my way. And that's one of the um, things that I found worked for me rather than just sitting there and writing a blog post or, you know, creating a product that way is speaking it out and then editing. And sometimes after I edit the transcript, um, I might just reread it just to make sure it's nice and crystal clear at that point. But that takes me far less time. And one of the things that I would suggest is to find and work with the what works best for you. If you're somebody who can sit down and put things together by typing it out and you like that better, uh, you know, do that way first and then maybe record it you know, later so that you can have multiple different ways of selling it. You know, it can be the audio. Maybe you can even put like what you were talking about screencast or, you know, PowerPoints or something over it and have a video as well. And you've got the ebook. Now you've got, you're, you're basically hitting the three ways that people take in information. You know, they can read it for the, you know, whatever it is, 30 something percent that like to read better than any of the others. You're going to hit them. Uh, you've got the audio for people that just want to, you know, go on their walk or do their exercising while they're listening to you. Then you got the video for people who want to do the video. And then that's a, a way to just like really fill out the product and not have it be so painful for you if you can find the way that works best for you and then fill out the other mediums. So that was just another tip yeah. that I found that worked really well for me. 
I, I like using video, audio, and written in, all in a product. And one, one thing to do to add to that additional learning modality, because people learn uh, those, the four different learning modalities uh, from, uh, from hearing it to reading it to seeing it and those who do it. So it's to add like action items yeah. and have an assignment for the person to do, because now it solidifies the, the things that they were just learning. Yeah, that's a big one. I mean, obviously, if you can add the action, that's where it all comes together for people. They can actually see when they're done, they're not going, okay, well, now what do I do? Here's the three steps, boom. And, you know, we're really big on that step-by-step stuff because that's what really helps people through it. It takes a while to, it took us a while to learn that, but once we did it, that's, that is what can really help your audience or your customers uh, best is to just make none of it, you know, something they have to try and figure out on their own. Right, right. All right. Uh, Jason, Pat, you guys have any additional things to add? Yeah, so just today we were having a phone call, Jeremy and I, about a product that we're putting together right now. And here's just a good little checklist of, of items to go through as you're thinking about putting a product out there. And you know, specifically, this helps us put together what we call the product launch. Uh, and the reason we, we actually have a specific product launch process is you know to really kind of prep our market and prep the following to tell a story about the product and really show them. I mean, here, here's what I here's a definition. Of selling I really like, and that is helping people invest in a future outcome that is beneficial to them. And so often we hear the word sales and we think of, oh, well, manipulation and, you know, false uh, claims or whatever to get people to invest something that's not a good future outcome for them. So in order to make your sales so that it's helping people invest in a future uh, process or future outcome that is good for them, you know, you, there's a few questions you want to ask yourself to know that that's what you're going to be doing. Because if you match that up, people are going to readily buy what it is that you're offering. So when we're going to create a product, I mean, the number one thing we ask is, are we putting together something we know our market actually really wants? Now, in the end, the only way to really, really know is when people do pull out their wallet and vote with their money. But you can get a good idea by obviously the kinds of things that they're saying to you and interactions, the things they're regularly asking for. Uh, it's always pretty apparent that we're within a month or two of launching a product because we'll send out a survey to our email list and ask them, what's your big, well, you know, what's your biggest questions right now? What are your biggest problems right now? Which of these things are, you You know, how hard has it been for you to find answers to these problems? What would it mean to you if you did find answers to these problems? And just trying to really dig in with some open-ended questions like that to hear the language that they're using, knowing what the conversation is that's going on uh, to our, in, in our following. And that stuff's gold, not only for fashioning what the product's going to be, but then also when it comes time to sell it, if we're able to use that same language in the way that we explain it to them, they go, wow, it's like they know me. And you're like, yeah, because you just told us a month ago what it was that you're looking for. So, you know, that's one of the things. Am I selling something the market actually really, really wants? And then asking yourself, what's the story I'm going to tell about this product? And that's a really effective way to prepare the market or, or have, I mean, storytelling is an incredibly powerful thing. And let me use an example of our podcasting course that we launched just a month or so ago, Podcasting Profits. And the story behind that was we knew that in the marketplace, traffic is a really, really hot topic. Like whenever we 
put out a survey about what do you want to learn about traffic is always one of the number one things that people say. So we knew the story needed to be about traffic. We also knew in the marketplace, a lot of people right now were really, really worried about Google and having a business dependent on Google because of Panda and Penguin and, and things that have changed and, and what is, you know, people's sites getting tanked and their AdSense accounts getting shut down. And so, you know, people are getting a wake up call going, wow, if my business is largely dependent on Google, am I at risk of losing my traffic overnight or losing my sales overnight? So the story that we told is, hey, here one or at least one of the stories about this product that we told is, look, here's a non-Google dependent way to attract traffic in a much smaller pond, but with fish that are just as big where you can stand out and not have to be, you know, 100% dependent on Google. In fact, you know, let's look in Google and see, yep, 2 million people listed for this phrase. Okay, now let's go over to iTunes where the podcaster lists listed. Oh, look, there's only 200 results listed over here. So it's a way different game, ball game. You know, so just kind of telling a story based on a conversation or the thoughts or, or pain points that were already going on in the marketplace. So am I selling something the market wants and do I have a good story to tell about why this product and why... Uh, right now. And then the other thing we did on that call is Jeremy and I sat down and we said, okay, well, who is the ideal prospect for this? And what are the goals that they have? What's What are the methods that they're actively looking for right now to fulfill those goals? How are we meeting those um you know, how are we meeting the the goals and the methods that they're looking for? What is the pain that we're solving? Uh, are we... Um, well, and, and obviously, if you can identify a pain, you've got a really good solution, then you know, people are going to be readily, ready to buy that as well. And then you know, the classic question of why should they buy this over any other option available to them? Um, and one of the advantages of the relationship brand-based, uh, person of influence-based marketing and business that uh, most of us on this call teach is that often once people discover you and get to know and like and trust you, it's not a matter of price shopping or finding something that's better. At that point, they just want to learn from you. You know, they just, oh, they just want to buy Pat Flynn's Green Exam Academy book because they've gotten all this great value out of him for the last two months on his free blog or whatever. So, you know, these are some of the other questions that I think are very, very effective to be asking yourself when you're starting to think about a product rather than just falling in love with an idea and taking it to the market and hoping that they respond. If you ask some of these questions in advance, I think you'll find that that process goes much more smoothly for you when you do bring the product to the market. All right. All right. Nice. Pat, do you have any uh, final thoughts uh, on product creation? Yeah, I do. You know, I was going to open it up. I, I, I was going to mention uh, software as a solution to people's pains and problems and, and um, you know, some of the, you know, maybe daily activities they do that are repetitive that you can create a better solution for to help them save time. Things like that. I mean, we're all talking about info products, but so, uh, software is stuff we use every single day that are products that help us achieve something. So, I mean, uh, just to help people think out of the box, I think software could be a good answer. Now, the, the topic is lightning fast ways to create products. And I don't know if that could be considered lightning fast, uh, which is why I just want to mention that and then move on to something that I think is even, you know, even faster than actually creating yourself your own product, which is affiliate marketing. I know this isn't necessarily about affiliate marketing, but I, th- I view affiliate marketing as a way to add products to your product line as if those were your own products because I think it's our responsibility if you have an audience to share with your audience the products that are going to help them achieve their goals and sometimes those are products that you create yourself and sometimes those are products that other people create and I'm more than happy to promote someone else's product if it's going to help my audience achieve their goals and more often than not it's something that 
they do that they could do way better than I ever could. Um, I mean, just an extreme example, you know, I, I promote host hosting and, you know, domain and hosting company on my site. And that's something I could never do myself, but I consider that a part of my own product line. And when you do that, you really have to trust that product. I would recommend you absolutely use it uh, so you can share more about it. So you can become a resource as if that was your own product, but it just happens to be made by someone else. But really the big point there is that it's another way that you can introduce a product and get paid for it, whether it's your own product or someone else's um, that helps your audience achieve their goals. All right. All right. Excellent. I think we're ready to open this up for some questions. So for anyone actually seeing my screen, you're going, I'm going to have to get out of my keynote presentation so that you will be able to, uh, so I can actually see what's going on in the questions and respond to them. So let's see, who do we got first? Uh, let's see. Um, just trying to find find some questions here. What do we got here? Uh, looks like uh, Chris, uh, regarding info products, do you have any experience from yourselves or friends or advice with going for a country versus worldwide specific market with your info product? Okay, so who wants to tackle that one first? Well, all we've ever done is just, uh, I mean, we're, we're conscious of the fact that we have people in many, many, many different countries that listen to our show and that buy our products. Um, the only time it's, I mean, we've never specifically targeted one country over another. I mean, clearly we're going after English speaking countries. We know that the U S Canada, UK, Australia are going to be the top ones, but we don't necessarily have any experience in going for a, a country specific product. I think that's a matter of asking yourself, well, who is the target audience for this product? Another one of those great questions to ask. I think I did mention that a little bit earlier. And so one way to stand out, if you know that, I mean, the asking that question of how is this going to be, why should anybody buy this over any other product in the marketplace? Well, I suppose one play, one way you could stand out is by, you know, if you decide, okay, well, I'm going to have uh, the product for how to succeed as a, uh, you know, as a public defender lawyer in the, you know, the United Kingdom. So then of course you're going to be using language like, you know, solicitors and, you know, things like that. And so you're just making that deliberate decision up front because you know that that's the audience you want to go after. And that's the way that you're going to stand out is by saying, well, this is the product specifically for this group of people in this demographic, in this geographic area. Um, but that's about, I mean, I don't know if anybody else has anything to offer on that. That's about the extent of my uh, thoughts on the matter. Yeah, my goal is to sell to as many people as possible. So <laughs> I don't <laughs> usually go, oh, let's just do Australia. But, you know, so we've always just thought of it in that way. And how many people can we get? Uh, again, um, uh, Jason speaks French, but we haven't really tapped that French market yet. But uh, yeah, we, we, we just basically try and sell to anybody speaking English that happens to be the you know right for our product and the product's right for them. Yeah, I think it's important to be able to understand the culture in which you're selling to. So if you can't speak the language, it's very difficult to properly sell in that uh, in that country. So doing um, 
a country specific and I just had this as a question that came up with a member as she was wanting to sell into multiple Asian countries and it's like well then you need to have multiple Asian languages to address their needs specifically as opposed to Tris trying to market in English and and so that was something that she thought she would be able to get around and so hopefully she'll be able to find people to translate not just her product but also her marketing materials into the language she's marketing in. Anyone else want to have a go on that? All right, then we'll jump on to, let's see, uh, Bob, uh, oh gosh, I'm going to mess this up, uh, uh, Sensic or Senkic or something like that. I, I'm messing that up. Sorry about that. Uh, it's like, what are those Mac programs again? I use a ScreenFlow and I use Keynote, for uh, which is like a PowerPoint uh, type program. And if you want to do interviews on Skype, I use Mac, uh, a call recorder for Mac, and it's fantastic for that. And let's see, let's go on to... Well, for the PC okay, equivalents uh, would be, there's Pamela for Skype for PC, and there's Camtasia, this uh, screencast that you can check out for recording screencasts on the PC. All right, excellent. Uh, Elena, um, or Elena uh, Saris, uh, says, uh, can you explain the differences as well as benefits, detriments between ebook and Kindle book? Also, some ideas about pricing of both of these. Pat, you want to take that one? Yeah, tip, generally speaking, as far as pricing, you can price your book higher if you sell it off your website. The issue with that is, or not really an issue, but, but the caveat is that if you don't have an audience, or even if you do, you're limiting yourself to who could potentially buy your book. I mean, yeah, it's open to anyone, but on the Amazon marketplace, there are 300 million credit cards registered with Amazon, and that is a huge marketplace. And they, they have a incredibly sophisticated search engine, and if you post your book there and you get enough juice going to it, you know you can rank in their rankings and you're going to get found by people who would have never found you otherwise, and it becomes another traffic source and a way to introduce your brand to other people. It has a great way to show that when someone bought your book and someone else bought another book that, you know, on, on below it says, this, you know, customers of this product also bought the, these products and your book can show up there and none of that is stuff is is, is really possible with uh with just doing a plain ebook from your own site and you know you could you could go ever you could do you, you could go everywhere you could do i know a few people who have posted books on their own site and uh you know charge a little bit more and add a little bit more of a bonus compared to selling on, on amazon which you know amazon actually does a uh <laughs> actually amazon you know this is air quotes forces you to set the price of your ebooks at a certain price because they give 70% royalty. And that's another thing you have to think about Amazon. You know, they take a royalty just like Apple and, and, and the app store. So you get 70% of the income from your book of the profits. If you price your book between two ninety nine. this is for the Kindle market and nine ninety nine. you get 35% royalties. If it's $10 or more or, Two ninety eight and less, and the reason they do that is because they know that the price between two ninety nine nine ninety nine is the optimal price. That's what most people buy, and they're kind of setting the that as the industry standard. Um, so, so I mean, so that's interesting, right? I mean, there's trade offs there um, with selling on your own website. You know, that's typically better if you have a lot of great relationships with other people in that industry. You can have them promote that book for you, and they're going to get probably a bigger cut 
of, uh, you know, generally speaking, um, I know some ebooks that are sold for, you know, X amount of dollars and the commissions are 50%. Sometimes they're even 75% because they know that a lead is worth more than, uh, you know, that they're going to get more off that lead than, than the book. I mean, it's, there's a whole huge dynamic to it. So those are just some of the things that came across my head uh, just now. But I've, I'm, I've done the ebook on my own site and it's done really well. Now I'm going to, I'm actually in the middle of experimenting with a, with a Kindle book and, and kind of seeing how the existing marketplace on the Amazon platform works out too. But I know a lot of people who have had success both ways. Fantastic. All right. Uh, Ian Robinson's asking what the link is that I mentioned earlier. It is um, go IBM, G-O-I-B-M dot U-S forward slash S-M-M. So anyone out there, go out and give us some Twitter and Facebook love, please. And next question is from Kayla Lopez, and she's asking, what are some pricing strategies? Okay, I, I think this, this, is a, this is a big one, and, and I'll start off with saying it's most likely higher than what you're thinking right now. <laughs> Most people price too low initially. They undervalue what they're doing, and, and then also they're not price testing. They're not finding out what the market will bear. So I, I'll, I'll say that first, and then I'll open it up. Uh, uh, Jeremy, uh, you got something on this? Yeah, I mean, testing's a big thing. I One of the things we did when we first started our membership site is we actually went out and tried to find what the equivalent uh, competition was. And at the time, it was around $97. And um, we, you know, at, at the time just went, okay, $97. And that's what we did. And then later, we actually started, you know, running tests to see, uh, you know, 87 and 97. Can we go higher, whatever. And, and then we just let let the market tell us, you know, what, f- what worked for, for them, so to speak. And believe it or not, it's not always the lowest price either. Um, uh, so that's kind of what we did when we first started, uh, is, is just see what else is out there. And then, you know, we, that was kind of our front end product, so to speak. So it was around the $97 a month. And, you know, then you can add the coaching and that kind of thing. And I, I think, at the time, uh, something had just come out that was somewhere around $2,000, and I'd heard a lot about how they had made so much money for that from that, that we're like, oh, I guess $2,000, that's what coaching is. And, and we started with that, and we you know, then later added VIP coaching, which is another thousand. And we did a six month coaching, which was 6,000. And, uh, you know, generally, they sold out incredibly fast. And most of the time, we were like, wow, we should have probably done either more slots or a higher price because uh, just as as Tim was saying it's it's usually higher than you're thinking but you know at least you could go out and see what other people might be doing in your area just to know what numbers to test test a little higher or lower than what they're doing and see what happens I'll, I'll count I'll counter that because I do have a friend that I said raise your prices I was consulting on his business and I said raise your prices they're too low and he raised them a bit and I was like, no, no, keep raising them, keep raising them. And he kept going up and testing in it and he found a ceiling. He actually found that a lower price made him more profit than a higher price. So sometimes you, you definitely need to do that as opposed to just going after the higher price all the time. Sure. Uh, you, you'll, you'll find that uh, your sweet spot out there if you do some price testing. 
When, yeah. Anyone yeah. else want to jump in on price? Yeah, yeah you I have to ask yourself oh. what your goal is. Oh, go ahead, Pat. Yeah, go for it. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, well, I was just going to follow up with my own personal story about that. When I launched my ebook on Green Exam Academy, I wanted it to be the cheapest book out there because I wanted everybody to get it. And, <laughs> you know, other books out there were $89.99, you know, and this was an ebook. And um, I was like, okay, it's going to be $19.99. It did really well. First month made $8,000. And then uh, some somebody emailed me, someone who purchased my book, and he he emailed me. He was the owner of an architecture firm, and he said, you know, and obviously a businessman. He said, Pat, you're pricing this way too low. It's adding so much value. You are totally underpricing. Please raise the price, or I will like come over to your house and punch you in the face or something. <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was that like upfront about it, but he he was serious. Um, I don't know about the punching in the face part, but he, he was serious about me up, uh, upping the price. So I raised it to $29.99, 33% more. And not only did I make more money, but I had more sales. Yeah. Way more sales. And I was like, why is this happening? I do not understand because I wasn't a business person. I mean, I was just, apparently, I mean, this is this is what happened. You know, the perceived value of that product was much higher. And when people, you know, obviously it depends on your niche, but in this particular niche, the... You know, a 1999 book teaching people how to pass exam just looked like, you know, an afterthought. Some something someone just threw together that really didn't have enough, uh, you know, value or wouldn't do anything to help anyone teach in, or uh, that exam. Um, but you know, it's like uh, the example I always use: if if you go to a furniture store and all the pieces of furniture are like a thousand more than a thousand bucks, and then you go to a really nice looking chair, but it's only like a hundred bucks something is wrong with that chair. You don't even want to sit on it. It might break. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, totally. I mean, it's it was, I was just bad. And I eventually hit my ceiling, uh, you know, at, at about $34.99, but between $29.99 and uh, $34.99. I went higher. And like Tim was saying, that was actually too high. And I started to see less sales, even though I had more traffic. So I knew that that was a little bit too high. So I cut back and I just kind of honed in on that exact spot that I needed to be at. Yeah, I totally agree. There's a, a sweet spot and the way to find it is testing, just like Pat uh, just said. And a lot, I mean, I agree with everything that's been said. And I guess the thing I'd throw in there is just knowing what is your goal in the end. Um, I mean, this, this applies to the original question, you know, or the question earlier as well as like, you know, Kindle versus ebook and, and pricing this, that, the other. I mean, if your goal is to put a Kindle ebook in the Kindle store because you want to reach that market that you're not reaching otherwise, and the whole thing is to try to attract new leads and awareness for your brand and market, well, then obviously you don't want to pat price it so high that you're not acquiring those new uh, leads and, and customers. Um, if you're running a paid marketing campaign like AdWords or you know, placing ads in an email um, and other people's email lists or you know, placing ads on Facebook, well, you need to know your numbers really well so that you're obviously charging enough to cut even. But a lot of times people charge just enough to be able to cut even on and acquire. If the goal is to acquire new customers, you don't, you don't want to go so high. You might make more money at a higher price, but you know, there's a lot of value in building that early customer list. And then those customers, you can then upsell to other things. I mean, sometimes you'll see a business and you'll wonder like, how in the world are they getting away with charging so little for what they're doing? And it's because they've got the whole funnel set up in the background. And I know businesses that will cut even or even lose money on that front end advertising because they know that they know the lifetime value of a customer. And so their goal is, okay, with this front end product, we are all about acquiring as many new customers as we can. And so we're going to 
price it uh, accordingly. But then, of course, you know, you've got all the considerations that everybody else has brought up as far as like perception in the marketplace, so on and so forth. But just knowing what your end goal is, whether it's to make as much money as you can, um, to establish a certain perceived value for your brand and your products, to... Um, you know, whatever the case may be, and then test accordingly and and know which metric it is that you're looking at in order to decide, okay, which one of these prices is achieving my goal as best as possible. Well said. All right. All right. Alex Blythe has this question, and I I think it's a really good one that we should definitely dive into here. And it's, when do you know when the time is right to create and launch a product? Well, one, one of the things, yeah, I mean, one of the things that happened to us was, you know, we were doing our, our podcast and our blog and, uh, uh, we were <laughs> we were actually doing our podcast and blog simply for fun. We hadn't decided to turn it into, you know, uh, one of our top sources of income or anything yet. We were literally both doing our own things and we started getting people asking us uh, how they could buy our product that didn't exist yet. They wanted to, uh, you know, they were interacting and and asking us for more information and this kind of thing. And that was one of those good signals, I guess, that we were like, wow, we should maybe really do something. And it was also noticing that, you know, on our blog, we were getting quite a few comments and and lots of people were, uh, uh, you know, giving us ratings on the podcast. And there just seemed to be activity going on around us. Yeah, I noticed the same thing. I mean, there was just... Just people started talking and being excited about what I was saying. And, and, you know, I've had a few people also tell me, you know, where's your product type it like straight up, uh, you know, where's your ebook, you know, things like that. And, um, yeah, sometimes you never really know, but the, the truth is you don't know until you create your product and see what happens. I, I have a response to that and it kind of, it's more of a rhetorical question, which is when's the right time to, you know, create and run a business? Uh, if you're if you're ready to provide real value to the world, provide it. You you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait for any particular thing. If you know there's a need in the world and you have the skills and the desire to fulfill it, then go out and fulfill it. Uh, I I think you should start making products as soon as you have the ambition for it. Let's jump on to a question by Ian Robinson again. Uh, he's wanting to know, uh, I want to create a product uh, for something that I know a lot about, but I don't have an audience built for it. I was planning on approaching websites who have websites that get my target audience and offering them beneficial affiliate deals. Do you guys have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean that's a great idea to see what's out there, uh, see who else is out there who who you could potentially you know give the product to to test out and see, and that that's a great strategy. Another one that I want to take directly from Tim Ferriss's uh, Four Hour Workweek, where he actually tested products that weren't even created yet, or you know tested the viability of a business that was about to be created if it responded well. And the way he did that, or I think he used a couple examples. Uh, was through you know Google AdWords, and you can, now we also have Facebook ads, where you can test your products to see how well they respond in the marketplace. You know you could target, especially on Facebook, you could target your target audience and see how they respond to it. And w- w- with with the idea being that you know 
they would go through your sales page and you would keep track of how many people actually, you know, get to your sales page versus click on the add to cart button. And then at that point, you can give them some message like, oh, we're, we're close to, to launching or something like that. Or maybe if it's a certain product that, uh, that, this is possible. You could say, oh, well, we're currently out of stock, but please sign up in, on this email list to get first notification when it, when it comes out. And that way you have concrete information uh, to, to, knowing that you can potentially drive uh, traffic to your site through through sales and, and that there is a target market out there on um, you know places that, that show ads like that. So that, that's one tip. And I know the guys have other ones. Yeah. I mean, that goes back to knowing what your goals are. And early on, your goal needs to be, uh, I mean, first of all, getting a sale. So, you know, you've got that your product works, but it's also to create that following. And so I know people who they will give away hundred percent of the affiliate commission. Just, I mean, you got to incentivize. I mean, the, the fastest way to is to piggyback off, off of the relationship that other people have with their audiences, audiences that you feel are, are a good fit for what it is that you're offering. And so, you know, people will go out there and really incentivize by going, look, if you will just share I think this is going to be awesome for your market. Here's why I, you know, I think it's going to provide value uh, in, in ways that supplement what you're already doing without stepping on what things that you've already done for them. And if you pitch this and say, you know, maybe we can do a webinar together, whatever the case may be, you can keep hundred percent of the profits for yourself. I'm just looking to get my, you know, my name out there. I'm looking to build my list. I'm looking to, um, you know, get some success stories and build relationships with people like you. Now that's, that's one, that's not necessarily going to always be the right, uh, you know, approach, but it's definitely, you know, one way to get your foot in the door with people and, and to start getting some, um, some attention. You know, recently I wrote a, a blog post that was all about this. I mean, it's, it's about relationships and you got to identify, you know, don't jump straight to the A-listers in the market. You've got your B-listers, your C-listers, your D-listers. And if you're just starting out and you don't have that much influence yet, we'll find out who the other D-listers and C-listers are and make friends with them first. And you kind of climb your way up, but you go out there and you just try to help people out in whatever way that you can, whether it's doing guest posts for their blogs, whether it's creating entire modules that they can add on to course that they are uh, offering. I mean, we did that once where we were it was a, a social media course by a really well-known marketer with a huge following. We said, hey, we noticed there's nothing about podcasting in your course. How about we make an entire module about podcasting and then you put it in that course and you know, you're helping them out, you're helping the following out. And then later on, you know, then those things start coming back and uh, helping out. That, so that it, it's about relationships. It's about providing value. It's about being um, generous and then being able to sacrifice sometimes, whether that, you know, that's sacrificing some of your profits in order to in- incentivize other people um, to promote what it is that you're doing. I would say don't ignore paid advertising. Uh, uh, going out, building relationships is, is great and it's something you definitely need to be doing, but don't uh, just automatically assume that if, because if you're selling something that's valuable, people want this thing, then using advertising is a great way to actually drive traffic to your sales funnel and actually start selling the product. So uh, take a look at that, make sure that you can go that direction. And uh, let's see, let's jump on to another question here from Angie Meeker. She's asking, is there really no limit to how much to include in a product? How do you best decide when to part out a large product into several pieces? 
Well, that's, that's something we made the mistake of early on with our very first membership site. Uh, we, you know, it's, we call it the Academy and we now have Academy 2.0. Well, Academy 1.0, we're like, we are going to put everything in there that we wish we, that we wish was in a course when we got started. And one of the things we learned very quickly is that, uh, we put so much in there that we were overwhelming people. They were actually like, oh my gosh, this is, and you know, there's no magic formula, but with time, we've gotten a lot better at sensing what that appropriate balance is of giving people so much value. They got more than there's money's worth, but that's probably one of the best lessons we've learned. And, you know, doing this over the last eight years is at some point you were just overwhelming people. So obviously you want to get them to results. You want to help them accomplish the goals that they have for when they bought the product. But, you know, you might be like, oh, I want to cram that one more tip in there. Again, I'm not getting a very definitive answer, but definitely don't, you know, ask, try to get reconnected with where you were back when you were first learning those things and ask yourself, would I, if I was in their shoes, would I be too overwhelmed? And it may be a matter of letting some people in to kind of see and getting that feedback from them early on as to. Yeah, that's, if that's what I was going to suggest. Yeah. Well, yeah. If Absolutely. you've got more on that, go for it. No, I was just going to, I was just going to, uh, you know, just raise my hand with that and say, yeah, absolutely. Get a couple people in there and, and give them free access and then listen to them and see what they say, you know, in exchange for having free access, you know, just, just, uh, please give me all of your thoughts and your, your stream of consciousness about what you like about it, what you don't like about it. And that can be worth so much. So, you know, letting a group of five or 10 people in so that the hundreds of people who come later will be, you know, have a great experience with, with your, uh, with your product. I know I'm going to ruin this quote, so I'll just call it paraphrasing, uh, which is uh, perfection is not when uh, you you have nothing more to add, but when you have nothing more to take away. You should have just what's necessary to get the result that your product is supposed to achieve. Don't Don't add things just to add bells and whistles because you're not doing a favor to your buyer by just throwing in a bunch of stuff. People don't want stuff. They want the end result of what your product is supposed to be able to do. That was perfectly said. That was beautiful, Tim. Yeah. That was what I was <laughs> trying you, to concise. I'm going to remember that. That's, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and he actually uh, right. did what he was talking about from what you said. I know. <laughs> You're on like trying to like, how Perfect. do I say this concisely? And then he gave like the perfect response. <laughs> 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 okay, okay. We are at the seven o'clock uh, time frame here. So, uh, we'll, uh, what we need to do is just kind of give this a quick wrap up. Uh, any last thoughts? We'll start off with Pat and run through to the end. Uh, just have no fear. Do it. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Nobody buys it? Fine. Now you know what to do differently the next time, but you're never going to make progress if you just sit there and, and wonder what would happen if I created this product. Just do it. All right, Jason. Yeah, I'd say get to your first sale. I mean, even if your first product only sells one, you learn something from that. I think that's one of the most important. Everything's going to change the moment you sell your first product. Your confidence is going to go up. You're going to have a little bit of money. Then you know you can scale it from there. So just as soon as, I mean, yeah, there's some fundamentals to get in place, but you know what? Your logo and your business name and your business cards and the perfect theme design and all those other things are not nearly as important as getting to your first sale. And that's why we're talking about products tonight. So get to that first sale. 
All right, Jeremy. Well, uh, one of the things that uh, I like to say is if, if you have that desire to do this and to be in this world and to help people, then, you know, one thing we always say is you owe it to yourself and to your potential customers to do this, you know, to create this value for people and to help these people that, uh, you know, the people that you're wanting to, uh, you know, be in this market with. And so it's just like you basically owe it to yourself and to them to actually create this value for them. All right. And what I want to say, final words, is Pat, thanks for uh, being on this call. Same to Jeremy and Jason. Dan and Ian, I hope you guys get safely to Porta Galera on the island of Mindoro. And for everyone who attended live, I really appreciate you coming here. And uh, thank you very much for listening and asking questions. Hey, the, there's one last quick call to action. That is go to that uh, thing you got on the page there, summermarketingmashup.com slash product. Please pay it forward by giving your best tip for creating lightning fast products that will you know make your following delighted and happy. If you've got any tips that we might missed we want to hear your voice too and that's the uh the url right there we've had great tips on the other pages it's been awesome so we'd love to hear what you have to say <laughs> i wasn't gonna forget that one but oh yeah, sorry so about that Tim. summer marketing ma- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. summer summer marketing mashup.com forward slash product uh, go in there it's a, a facebook comments please leave your best tip and thank you for coming and good night good night everyone good night You've just listened to The Foolish Adventure Show with Tim Conley. To get more straight talk about making money online and building a successful internet business, go to foolishadventure.com. There, you can opt into the Freedom File newsletter. You'll also get access to the Foolish Guide to Launching Products video training module, over an hour and 20 minutes of business building knowledge that can generate tens of thousands of dollars for your new product. Enjoy your foolish adventure. Foolish Adventure.